the book is called Can You See Me Naked? Why is it that nothing you do makes her happy? Wisdom women want, or men actually, want about women. Well, Adele is on the line and joins me now. Hello, Adele. Good afternoon. Afternoon to you. I have been waiting for this conversation with you because I find it most interesting. Well, I'm very happy that I'm able to share with you and with everybody else. Well, Adele, you know, let's talk about the title first. Can you see me naked? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to call it, Can You See Me Beautiful? And yeah. then I thought, well, everything that I stand for and my work stand for, uh, it won't work because it's too judgmental. It puts a label on something. And Can You See Me Naked is supposed to be without a label mm. so when you don't label something you are allowed to give it your own opinion and it's all about vulnerability and vulnerability for women my son i think he was about nine said to me mommy what does that book mean <laughs> and i thought well okay i don't explain it to a nine-year-old and i said you know it's like um when you when you are without a personality and you are without clothes mm. and there's nothing you know it's a, it's about a clean slate it's about being completely open and vulnerable when did you come to this great space that you're in and well you know i, I read an, an excerpt from your book uh and i want us to talk about that in a minute but i want to hear about you how did you find your freedom adele out of frustration, like most people, I suppose, if you're brave enough to go there mm. and uh, not pretend it doesn't exist, it's very much an internal journey, uh, which for me affected absolutely everything in the outside of my world. Uh, the, the first big thing, I think, was children. They kind of make us soft and sensitive inside. And then I started feeling differently about things. And I realized that... I'm not the same person anymore. I had a sabbatical after a few years in the corporate world. And I went back and I thought, I can't just make it about numbers anymore. And the first thing that happened is I ended up quitting my job. And I said to my boss at the time, if I am not aligned, if my values are no longer aligned with the company, I can't work here. I can't work for anybody. Mm. Where, you know, it's what we do is, is not who I am anymore. And I realized it wasn't the place to change it with me. And I think it started with um, getting children because they really bring out sensitivity, not just in me, in me, but in many, many women today. Mm -hmm. And we live in quite an intense and powerful world. You know, we really have to stand up for yourself, especially as a woman, and work extra hard and make it out there. So that's where it started. But then it ended up in one thing lead to the next and the next. And I, I ended up in a divorce. Mm. because I felt misunderstood and I had no way of expressing what I was feeling. And from that and literally going, jumping out of airplanes, doing fireworks and like all the weird stuff that women my age is not supposed to do, <laughs> um, <laughs> to prove to myself who was I and to test who am I. You know the stuff you're supposed to go through when you're a teenager and figuring mm. out who you are, mm. but your, your life kind of runs away with you and then you're not sure anymore and your identity gets lost. Life happens to all of us, and, and all of us experience so many things that just stop us. Well, they don't stop us because we never, we never even get an opportunity to look into what we want and who we are. We, 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 we almost responding to things every day without understanding what we're doing. That turnaround point when you decide that 
I don't want to be here anymore. I, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a scary place to be. It's a really, really scary place to be because most of the time it's in conflict with all the values you've held dear all your life. But there's a point in your life when you realize you can have everything, and I did. You can have everything, but you're not feeling happy. And if you don't know what it is that's going to make you happy, you must either accept feeling like that and living the life that you, you have chosen for yourself, or at least that you think you've chosen for yourself because you did all the stuff you were taught, or you have to be brave and say, I'm going to go find out who I really am. And that goes against everything you were taught. You know, you break all the rules, you you go against all the values that everybody that you love and that's dear in your life still believe and wants to hold you accountable to. Yes, that's a tough place to be in. And it's, it's the thing is, we that's it's, you reach a choice point where you stop doing things because other people want you to do it mm -hmm. and you have to start doing things because you're doing it for you. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reference switch. We call it being internally referent. Um, you know, where you, it's not about what makes other people happy. Mm -hmm. You need to start choosing things that makes you happy. And I think in a way for moms, it's the ultimate challenge when you get children and they become so dependent on you. You know, it's, it's, it sounds ironic, but it's that contradiction, that paradox. Mm -hmm. How do you break that dependence, though, without it leaving a big hole in your stomach? Because, <laughs> you know, when you, when you do have children and you realize that this is not the life you've wanted, it's, you don't just turn your back and walk away without, you know, taking a, a, leaving a big part of you behind. Well, that's why it's a decision, it's a deep decision that only you can make. Because if anybody helps you make the decision from the outside, if things don't work out afterwards, you're going to blame somebody else. And this is part of switching to becoming internally referent. And um, I believe the beginning of how women tap into their own wisdom. Um, it's a process. It's not just a decision, but it, it, it's the beginning of a process. So um, I wrote a chapter in the book about what do you do when you can't break through. Mm. And I, although I wrote it in reference to when you can't break through at a certain point in your relationship, it applies to many things when you need to break through something and start doing everything differently. So it's not about doing things differently as much as it is um, finding a vulnerability, vulnerability inside yourself and going there, being brave enough and have the courage to go there and then come out of it again. So you kind of go into the unknown and you're going to come out with something, but you don't know what. But you, you won't see it in your usual day-to-day -day stuff because there isn't space for it. So the letting go of, it's, for me, the process was very literal, but it doesn't have to be when you understand what you go through mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. So it's scary because we, are, we live in an external world. It's what we see, we believe what we see, you know, things are physical. But if you understand the internal process, you don't have to be literal about everything. You just need to understand that the change that you need to go through is really inside of you. For me, it was going to the opposite end of the world, literally. But it doesn't have to be when you understand that process. So it's a process to answer your question. Yeah. But I'm not really answering it. I wrote a whole chapter about it. So it's not so easy to just pinpoint the thing exactly. But part of the process begins with 
being prepared to be vulnerable and hence the topic of the book, you know, can you see me naked? So yeah. going there and then being prepared to be it in the world and speaking up for yourself. So it's really what, what I'm understanding is really getting rid of the old and making space for new things to come into your life. Yes, but not knowing what the new things are. Yes. So even when you said, when you realize, oh, but you know, you're not happy, you thought what you did would make you happy, but you're not happy. If you have an expectation already of how the happiness was supposed to be, that's still an external expectation that comes from somewhere. It comes from some mental map that you made because you saw a role model or a life that you thought you wanted. You know, that's still an expectation still comes from the outside world where the, the internal happiness is a, it's a soul fulfillment that you feel. You feel content and at peace with your life. Kind of like coming to the end of your life when you have a little review and you think, yeah, you know, this, is, this was a good life. Uh, I feel happy with myself. It's not about what you have or your skills. It's about the feeling that you get when you look at your own life. Now, you, you write this book that is hopefully going to give men an idea of how to deal with their partners in, in a more positive way. A lot of it sounds like we, we, we really need to be appreciated in a particular way. Um, why is there need for this appreciation from men to us? Okay. So, that's a very good question. <laughs> when we become sensitive inside or, or we experience ourselves differently, you don't know what to do with, do with it yourself. So, for me, for example, it's always better to use examples and people can know exactly what you're talking about. I was in a cutthroat, very much a male-dominated environment and you made business decisions they were always very clear in exactly what you wanted to do, and it was never about the consequences of the decision. When I became softer, and I may be a mom, you know, becoming a mom also made me more aware of feelings versus just doing things. I became a lot more aware of, um, like, for example, when I was in the fashion trade, and you cut a line, then you shut down a cutters and trimmers factory, for example, and those people that went to mouth and then... I had an incident, it happened, uh, we had to make a decision and I knew that these people that I just spent a day with, you know, was not going to be able to feed their families a Christmas meal, mm -hmm. you know, um, they might not have jobs then and it makes you think differently about the world. So when you start changing insight, when that sensitivity starts showing up, you don't even know what to do with it yourself. Um, it's something that comes from inside. Then the, the validation that you're talking about is really a validation that you need for your internal experience, more so than a validation for you as a person. Mm. So that's where the need is born to get this validation. And when you feel like, one, you don't even know what's going on with you. Secondly, um, how do you explain this? How do you find words for these feelings? Um, and where do you get it from? Now, when I wrote the book, although it was uh, quite a comprehensive and um, uh, an intense book, it's, a, it's a quite a deep book, um, I, and I came out of a corporate field, I thought of taking it to the corporate market because, you know, I came from there. So if I had read this book at the right time, it would have made a massive difference for me. But I couldn't find a book, not this kind of book, mm -hmm. not put together in this way. 
So, but I couldn't find a, a, a way to explain it to the guys out there in the corporate world because we think that we only have to deal with corporate problems in a corporate environment. But I mm. left the corporate world because of my personal changes. And I realized that the place where you need to address this, where a person who experiences this needs this to be addressed is in the bedroom because it's the one place where the person that's most suited to help you is going to be. But you need the words to tell them. You need to be able to explain to them things which you can't even understand yet. Does it make sense? It makes sense. And, and, and <laughs> lots of it too, because, you know, we, 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 I suppose as women we, we grow up and, and we are socialized into not, not speaking about some of these things because it's, it's not in our place. For instance, if you have feelings for a man, you have to wait for him to approach you as opposed to you opening up and saying, you know, I do feel um, some kind of love for you or something like that. Yes, we, we always wait for permission. Yes, we wait for permission. <laughs> Adele, do stay on the line with me, please. Uh, we're taking a little break and we'll come back and talk some more. My guest is international author and transformation specialist Adele Green, and she's the author of Can You See Me Naked? We talk to her now. Adele, you said you couldn't find a book like this one in particular. Um, that's, that's how you got to write it. How does it, I think it's broken up into different parts uh, in order for it to understand, for, for the men especially, to understand women better. But not only that, it deals with uh, the, the idea of having a relationship in itself, how to look at relationships. Can, can we talk about that a bit? Yes. Uh, so, quickly, the book's divided into four parts. Mm -hmm. uh, the first part gives a foundation for uh, conscious relationships. The second part of the book uh, talks a little bit about the process and the dynamics of how a conscious relationship works. The third part of the book talks specifically to the experiences, the internal experience and how it comes about for women, uh, which some people can uh, generally refer to as midlife, but it doesn't have to be midlife. It can start early 30s, it can start when you have children, it can start from a trauma or event or anything that makes you ask, ask, you know, what is it that makes your life meaningful, mm -hmm. but what happens in the internal world for women. And then the fourth part of the book is very practical. It talks about the things that once you've come through this process from a feminine perspective, the book very much has a feminine voice, from a feminine perspective, now what do you go and do now that you've become sensitive in terms of leadership, nurturing, um, relationships specifically, and how we work with reflection because there's a lot of soul lessons that came from writing this for me. And then um, also in terms of intimacy because the deep need that women discover within themselves is that they have this incredible need for connection and intimacy. So the relationship aspect, is, the thing that I discovered is is that, and, and it wasn't like I decided I wanted to write the book, I actually intended to write a letter with a feminine voice giving words to feelings that women feel, and I, I had no idea I was writing a book. Um, so I answered men's questions like, um, how do I know she's the one? How do I know if I'm really ready for a commitment? What is love? You know, but from a from a different perspective. So if you look into a diamond, it has many facets, and you can look at it you're still looking at the same diamond, but you're coming with different angles. So by reading it from this perspective, for example, will give you a sense of empathy and understanding. 
which if you look at your partner from a whole different perspective, mm. that's where the consciousness relationship comes in. So if you have all this information, then what would you do with it? So it's a, it, it is a little bit of how-to, but it's not meant to be, this is what you do and this is what you say. Those practical examples are then they're based on my own story. But um, it's really about the perspectives and giving people understanding and words for feelings, all these taboo things that we don't talk about. When you say when, when men look at women, they need to almost give them permission, but with their eyes. They need to penetrate the... the them with the the way they look at them. Yes, what what how I would um, the, uh, what I would describe it in the book, and I very much speak with the masculine voice and the feminine voice from a spiritual and an energetic angle and a practical role angle as well, but also collective and on, on in an individual level because the masculine and the feminine is internal and external. So on a practical level, inside a relationship space. Women, like you earlier mentioned, we often wait for permission, mm. um, you know, to actually show up and to speak up. And it's no different to being a little three-year-old girl and dancing in front of your father, mm-hmm. who's the, the masculine figure. Mm. So when we grow up, we just transfer into a relationship, and we want to be seen as beautiful. Um, but when we're courageous enough, we show up just as we are. So we're not fitting into anybody's mold. Mm. We just say, well, you know what, gosh, <laughs> I just found out I am, I have a temper. <laughs> or, you know, I am like this or I'm like that. And not to be embarrassed to say who we are. Mm. Not who people want us to be. And that's very different. So it, it, this, what we're talking about now, very much comes into the roles that we play and the roles society wants us to play. But then we discover, oh, we like this. And we have a need for our partners to say, but it's okay that you like this. Mm, mm. You know, that's, so it does talk to the title a lot, but it's, the, the, the title speaks to the courage we need as women to not, to not be afraid to say who we really are. And show who we really are. You know, I, I introduce myself often in, in new environments as a person who's married for the third time. <laughs> And you can imagine people <laughs> raise the eyebrows. <laughs> and I've made some very unorthodox choices in my life, but I'm not a, I'm not embarrassed to say it. And I cannot tell you how many women walk up to me afterwards in private, and they will say to me, "I just want to know how you did that," <laughs> you know, because they admire the confidence, but it's not confidence. I'm just not afraid to say who I am. Mm. But I wasn't born this way. Mm. I wasn't born into this role. This is when when a relationship helps us to bring out the best of a man or a woman. You know, men witness us. That's the male energy. And when the feminine energy is brave enough to be vulnerable, the male energy observes and witness the feminine. And when he does, just the witnessing is already an approval. Let's talk about that awareness um, of, you know, you spoke, I read from you that uh, you, you spoke about awareness being the ultimate masculine and, yes. and matter, the ultimate feminine abstract. Can you explain that for me? Well, it's, that's not entirely just my thinking, you know. I, I'd like to claim like I came up with a big bang theory or something like that, but I didn't. <laughs> 
quite a common thread that runs through very old and ancient um, religious beliefs. And maybe religious is not even the right um, frame of reference to use, maybe more spiritual, spiritual you yes. know, just deeper and soul level um, of how this whole masculine and feminine thing works. Because even in um, relationships where there are two people of a similar gender, you have to have for a relationship to work a masculine energy and a feminine energy. And if we are completely balanced human beings, inside of us there's a very much a masculine and a feminine energy, a part of us that's soft mm-hmm. and vulnerable, and a part of us that has to be able to stand up and say, this is who I am being focused and directive but when you really witness when you really really give something your full attention that those moments you're in your masculine and then you will penetrate absolutely anything that you look at that's the masculine role but it's also the external world the masculine role wow and and and, and you say again when when these come together then that's the only time the intimacy occurs yes because there's a complete connect between masculine and feminine energy. And if you want to go into a metaphysical or a scientific route with us, you know, we talk about this in the quantum theory even, where we say you can look at a wave pattern, but the moment you observe it, it becomes a particle. Um, so these ways that science are even talking about this. And when, you, when something becomes a particle, you know, it's part of matter. It's part of something that is physical that we can observe in the world. But if we don't look at it, it still exists somewhere, but as a wave pattern, as a moving thing, semi, semi-solid, if you will. So to when we observe something and it becomes solid, it's the same as giving something energy focusing on it, giving it some attention, and then it is going to become bigger. We become more aware of it. I mean, that's, that's almost, almost like the building blocks of awareness, if I make any sense. Hmm. You are making sense, and I'm, I'm also looking at uh, what, because as you talk, in fact, it's, it's written here when you say, uh, when a woman feels threatened or vulnerable by a man's appreciation of her beauty, her shadow emerges, indicating that it's time for her to speak up about her real unaddressed needs. It's a process, remember we said at the beginning, it's a process. So first the feminine steps up and she says, okay, so I'm going to be vulnerable. Mm. Then the male steps in and he observes. When he observes and he witnesses, he validates her. The two, there's that intimacy, that connection that happens. And the full experience is then the next step is, like you said, for her to actually show up, be courageous, and not try and be anything other than what she is and just say, well, you know, this is me and I've arrived. And you can only do that when you've already done the inner process of accepting yourself. Hmm. You, you deal with a very interesting issue and a very uh, common issue of rape and abuse um, because... And I want to ask if you think men who will reference this book and read it may may understand why they shouldn't rape or abuse women. Uh, yeah, you see, the thing is, our society, because this is not a topic we speak about, we don't have permission. We don't give permission as a society. Mm-hmm. So breaking the silence is really a big deal, which is, it doesn't matter what the story is we come with. When we are able to say, I am not a victim, this happened to me, 
but I am okay, I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm fine, and I have the right attitude, and I'm moving on with my life, and I am doing this. And we can do that with ourselves, then we no longer suppress the energy. The moment you suppress and you make it to be something else, or you feel shame about what happens happened to you, um, you suppress the energy. As long as you suppress the energy, it's like a loophole and a boundary for more bad stuff to happen. So part of the process of accepting ourselves means that we need to forgive. Not the people who did it to us, but forgive ourselves for allowing it to happen. Now, that can confuse some people, but it's not like I decided one day, oh, you know, I want to have this life and this is what I want to happen to me. It's about overcoming it. It's about believing in yourself enough to know that you are stronger, you are more, uh, you are not a victim. You choose in that moment with every decision that you make, um, and that is how it's, how you put one step, footstep in front of the next, moment by moment through this process, you're slowly claiming your place in this world, and nobody can take it away from you. And when you own it inside of you, not coming to you from outside, nobody can ever take it away, even if people harm you physically. Victor Frankl, who was in the, in the Jewish camps, you know, probably wrote one of the most amazing um, things that a person can overcome, and he did it all internally in the internal experience. And he showed more than anybody that if you can own something inside of you, you don't need external validation, and it doesn't matter what people do to you physically, they can never take that away from So it's part, of, it's part of that, but it's a shadow thing in a society. If we allow things, there will be more of it. If we cannot claim this for ourselves as women and be proud just to be who we are with our vulnerabilities, then we give permission for society to... Um, for things to happen which shouldn't be. So it's not about screaming out and, 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 and being entitled, you know, or claiming things or asking for rights. This is just about us being okay, every woman with herself mm. and what she is. Mm. Which will challenge a lot of uh, relationships and, and, you know... I, I... Absolutely, because that is the backbone of everything that happens. In every society, you know, one of the, I made a little CD um, just to teach women to say no. It's short, but it's powerful because I cannot tell you how many women I work with who in their bedrooms allow things mm, mm. which they don't know they can say no to. Nobody ever told them they have a choice that they can say no. Adele, before, you know? before I even stop talking to you today, I think we can give our listeners a Christmas present, our female listeners, of how to say no. Please, can you just tell us how to say no, please? Well, um, I, anybody who contacts me, uh, I'll give you an email address. I will send them a free copy of the CD. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Look, I, I, I really would not normally do this, but I think all our women in, in this country and everywhere actually need to learn that word of saying no. So thank you. For, 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 for giving that Christmas present and we'll give your email address in a bit but where do we find the book and how do we read it because some people feel alone inside their relationships so is it for men to read or for women to read or for both uh, men and, and, and women in a relationship to read? 
for the women who read the books that are specifically targeted at men or addressing men's questions, uh, it might be a little bit of a revelation, but there are parts in the book that specifically uh, talks to women, give them words for their feelings. I, I originally, when we I made a decision about who to address the book to going through the editing process. made a conscious decision to address it to men because it was my original intention. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to give words to the feelings, the deep feelings that we have to try and explain what we go through so that men could have a better understanding. And every book I read was written by a man, so it just was beyond <laughs> me. Um, but, but, yeah, it, it, I find that 80% of the readers are women. And they come back to me, and some women have said to me, it's like rip, really ripped them open inside, it's, you know, like all this, because it's, these are things that we think we're not supposed to talk about or think about, or, you know, we don't have permission. Um, so, yeah, so more women read it than men, but it, 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 the, the book does address men, but shifting roles is a really good experience to have anyway, so it's appropriate for both. Well, um, I, I, I like getting names for those feelings because that's when we can deal with it. I, I'm sharing it with my 19-year-old daughter because I think it's important for her to read as well. So I, I, I think I think it's going to help a lot of young people also uh, deal with future relationships. But is the book available online and at all good bookstores? Yes, the, the book is available worldwide um, at leading stores. Um, it's not at all the stores, but it can certainly be requested. It's, it's published in America and Europe and in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so exclusive books, or sorry, or any of the leading leading books bookstores have access to it. It's also available from my website, which is um, www.adel-green.com. Um, and in fact, people can join as members. Uh, there's lots of information on the website as well to mm-hmm. help educate women. Um, and then um, it's also available on ebook form. They can get it from Amazon. They can also get it from the website, or they can order print books from the website. It doesn't matter. Whichever is the most convenient for them. If they just send it to info yes. at mm-hmm. Adele-Green.com. If I can just be patient with me, because... You're on holiday. You're on holiday. But I promise by the first, everybody who sent me an email, um, I will then send them uh, information. They can, as long as they've registered on the website, it's very easy for me to send them that and free of charge. Well, I thank you for your wisdom. Thank you so much for joining us and have a great holiday and a great Christmas day tomorrow with your third husband. Thank you. He's adorable. (laughs) The best part about conscious relationships, when you know what they are, you know your soulmate when you see him. (laughs) Wonderful. Enjoy, Adele. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, the talk and the opportunity to share. Have a wonderful afternoon and a Christmas tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.